Trust the only payment solution developed for attorneys and recommended by 47 state bars, LawPay. Hi, I'm Stephanie Francis Ward, a senior writer with the ABA Journal. In the more than 20 years of talking to well-known attorneys who love their work, I've learned that many have great advice on matters both in and outside the law. And sometimes I'll ask them about things they know now that they wish they had known when they started their careers. I wanted to share some of that advice with listeners. So we've created a special series, Asked and Answered, Lived and Learned. In this episode, I'm speaking with Roberta Liebenberg, a litigation partner who frequently represents parties as lead counsel in class action matters. She's also the co-author of First Chairs at Trial, More Women Need Seats at the Table. The 2015 ABA study focused on how few women serve as lead counsel in federal court matters. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Thank you, Stephanie. So I, when I have seen you speak sometimes, you have told the story about when you were being hired for an associate spot and one of the attorneys said, well, are you going to cry? And you said, no, do you want me to? Which I always thought was a funny way to handle it and it kind of broke the ice. Can you share that story with our, our listeners? Sure. First of all, I am really passionate about the use of humor in the workplace, not only because it's fun, but it's also an important business asset and can diffuse situations. When I was a young associate, I was being interviewed for a job. It was the early 70s. There were very few women lawyers in practice in Richmond, Virginia, where I was. And the interviewer wanted to know how many children I had, did I plan to have more children, and uh, was interviewing for a spot in the litigation department. And he wanted to know whether I would cry if a judge yelled at me. I was taken aback. I was shocked. And so I thought for a minute, and I turned to him and said, would it help the client? Because I could totally do that. And it completely <laughs> diffused the situation. He laughed. I laughed. I got the job. <laughs> So I think, you know, and I was thinking when I was preparing for this podcast, I absolutely see what you're saying about it does help diffuse the situation. Is it sometimes a narrow line about when you should use humor to diffuse the situation versus when you should say, hey, you know what, dude, that's not cool. Not in that way, perhaps, but, you know, in terms of it being serious or not serious, and it probably all depends on the situation. But is it kind of a, a narrow line for when you use it sometimes? I think, obviously, it's like anything. You have to be careful when and how you use humor. You know, if you think of Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm, he often uses humor in a way that is not effective. So that's not a good example. But I have often found, even when I'm in court, that humor can really drive home a point. It certainly engages the judge, the jury, and if you give a presentation, your audience. And so I think strategically placed humor is something that is very important and something actually we don't really talk about that much. Can you tell me, and I think you're probably very good at this, how do you read people in terms of using strategy for humor? Do you have any tips on that? Well, I think you, again, have sort of have to know your audience. And humor is something that I have always used. I came from a family where my dad was incredibly funny, you know, was always someone who could tell a lot of jokes that was sort of always instilled in me. And I have been extremely fortunate to have always worked 
in firms where humor was actually a really integral part of my workday. So when I started out as a young associate, I was at a law firm where I had cases that went up and down the East Coast. It was actually a defense case, not a plaintiff case. And there were a group of lawyers from Philadelphia. I was the young associate, and we would ride the train. And I'm sure the audience is too young to remember Sid Caesar's show of shows. But each one of them would up each other with a joke. And so you just spent the entire ride laughing. And then we'd work and we'd come home. We'd unwind with, again, the storytelling and jokes. And it just really taught me as a young lawyer how important humor can be to bring people together. And I'm thinking of that scenario And it sounds like it would be really wonderful, especially compared to someone who's super anxious and has all this anxiety and is like almost brittle going to trial, right? Yes, yes. In fact, I have a great story when uh, we were getting ready to go to trial. I was, of course, the only woman who was going to be as part of the trial team and was going to start the opening and everyone is anxious and nervous and, you know, they're all looking at me and depending on me. And finally, one of the associates says, are you okay? You know, is there anything I can do? And I think I said something like, nothing that a good pair of shoes wouldn't cure. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just completely diffused the situation. They knew, you know, I was calm and confident and ready to go and was joking around. Well, And what that sounds like to me also, as you know now, after trying cases, that if you're going to be in court, sometimes function is better than fashion for shoes or maybe a little bit of both, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Although you'd be surprised. Juries are one of the things they like about women lawyers is what they wear because we're different. And that's another actually important tip is that you should use these differences to help you to stand out. Can you give us an example of that? This worked for you? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, if you think about women lawyers, they're just more interesting. They're not going to be wearing a blue pinstripe suit with a white shirt and a red tie. You know, they're going to be wearing something interesting every day. So you've already got the jury sort of focused on you, and then you'll be prepared. You'll be ready to do your direct or cross-examination. And so it will actually sear your performance in the jury's mind. So we're going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Did you know that attorneys who accept online payments get paid 39% faster on average than those using traditional payment methods. With LawPay, the only payment solution offered through the ABA Advantage program, you can accept client payments online, via email, or in person, no equipment needed. Visit lawpay.com slash podcast to sign up and get your first three months free. And we're back. So let's go back a bit. We talked about anxiety versus humor when it's go time. If you are a more junior associate and you're working with someone more senior than you who's just very anxious and tense, what's your advice on maybe lightening the situation a bit to kind of lift some of that anxiety and get people to calm down? But you're younger than most of the people there. I think that's a really tricky situation. You have to really know the partner in charge, whether it will hit or whether it will bomb. So again, it's it's really important. And I think the most, actually the best advice I can give someone is you have to be authentic. So if you're actually not somebody who thinks like this, 
you know, and it looks like it's strained and you're trying too hard, it is not going to come off. So you have to use the qualities that you have. But I think, you know, it is important to think about why humor is important in the workplace. And I think it's a discussion that, again, as I said, has not been really explored enough because it's really important in keeping and maintaining employees and in boosting morale and trying to think as managers, as law firm partners who are managing younger associates, how you can use humor and sort of a culture, a fun-filled culture to really increase productivity and loyalty, by the way. I agree with you that it hasn't been explored much. Why do you think that is? I think we're in a serious laughter drought. (laughs) I think there's research that shows, like, if you compare babies who laugh like 400 times a day and the average 35-year-old that laughs an average of 15 a day. So you see that it really declines and, you know, work is so stress-filled now that I don't think we've thought about it. I'm very fortunate I represent Southwest Airlines. And, you know, there is a company that has made laughter fun and emphasized that as part of their brand. And it has led to more customers and retaining and attracting employees. So, I mean, I think about that a lot as I think about how to incorporate fun into my own law firm. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm thinking that when I fly Southwest, I've never had a problem or felt like I've been treated poorly by their staff. They're all, I mean, I've been running down the airport with staff with my bags, you know, to catch a plane. On other airlines, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen this time? <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's completely part of their brand. And I mean, they even have, if as their stock ticker is love, L-U-V, you know, so they even have sort of a whimsical stock sticker so that, you know, they've thought about this. I mean, the studies are quite clear in terms of the why humor is so important in terms of, as I said, promoting your brand, increasing employee retention. And the research also shows that people who are humorous are consistently evaluated as more confident and more competent. Hmm. So do you think for a law firm to incorporate humor as part of its brand, you think that would work? I do. I do. And I, I know because it works at my law firm. Fun is a huge part of our day. And I think it's a reason why our lawyers, there are very few lawyers that leave our firm. It is a small law firm. We only have 11 lawyers. So that does help to inculcate this kind of atmosphere. But for example, we had a long trial in Kansas City in 2013. And, you know, every night as we got ready for the next day, you know, there were these dinners that were really fun filled with laughter and diffused the tension of the day. And I think, again, really brought a sense of camaraderie and collegiality to this group. I'm curious, was this something that maybe some attorneys who joined or were already there had to be convinced of? And if so, how? Not really. I think people were pretty funny to begin with. And, you know, it's probably sort of our own implicit biases. We hire people that we think are going to be you know, fun and, uh, you know, want to have fun. You have the same sense of humor. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, have a sense, same sense of humor, so it probably builds on itself. But as I said, even when I worked at a large law firm, 
every Friday afternoon we went into the partner's office and, you know, it was just, uh, we'd sit around sort of telling stories and sort of, again, recapping the week. But again, it was, you know, it was fun filled and you can't even put a dollar value on that because people will definitely stay at organizations where they consider that organization to be fun and, uh, you know, it results in a high level of trust and uh, good working relationships. You mentioned a little earlier that aspect of finding your authentic self and what would work for you in terms of relating to people. What advice do you have for a young lawyer who's getting started, who's going to try cases about finding who you really are and incorporating part of that in your professional life? So it's advice that I always give, and that is find your passion. Because if you find your passion, everything else will follow. So I love being a lawyer. I love the antitrust work that I do. I find it incredibly interesting to go in and find out about an industry and either be on the plaintiff side or the defense side. And I think you have to find that passion. If, if you don't like what you're doing, you spend just too many hours a day at work. And I think you will blossom as a lawyer if, in fact, you feel that the work is interesting and the people that you work with are invested in you and want to make you a better lawyer and see you grow and advance. And again, I think that's something that law firms need to do a better job of. You know, a lot of times we're always looking at sort of how can we make the young lawyer better when a lot of the question should be how can law firms institute the type of structural changes that will make young lawyers better. Mm, very interesting. And that's everything we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Great. Thank you. This was fun. And listeners, thank you for joining us. If you like what you heard today, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and check out our other special edition Lived and Learned podcast in the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered series.